Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Now, basketball enthusiast and writer for Hurt at Sports and Nebraska Preps, Jacob Padilla. And he's like rolling in and Shane goes, is that Jacob right there? Ooh, that's, uh, that's a difficult question. Jacob Padilla. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much I slept. Jacob Padilla. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I don't even remember if I ever dream. Jacob Padilla. I guess it'll it might be a little different, like considering how wild it's been. Here is Jacob Padilla. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt Out Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're also on KFOR in Lincoln, live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as we uh, get Jacob logged into the stream so you can watch him along on those video streams as well. want to remind you about our friends over at the War Horse Sportsbook. Uh, that is the place where you can get involved with their March Bracket Challenge. A perfect bracket gives you a chance to win $1 million, much like our friend over there at Austin Powers says, Dr. Evil, that $1 million <laughs> perfect bracket. Make sure you are a War Horse Rewards member to get your free entry, and each additional entry can be earned from March 1st to March 14th with a $50 sports book bet. Each additional wager of $50 or more gets you an additional entry. You can also get entries by having 50 points on slots and racing as well. There is over $10,000 in prizes for top brackets, even if you don't have a perfect one as well. Make sure you get those entries in and then get to the casino in Lincoln to activate those entries between March 18th and March 24th. Don't worry, we'll keep reminding you, but if you have any questions, make sure you go to warhorsecasino.com or download the Warhorse Casino app to make sure you get all the details and rules. That's Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline is Jacob Padilla of our very own Herd at Sports. JP, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Good morning. Young Jacob, I love your artwork in the background. Did you do that? <laughs> uh, the hand's a little small for, uh, for me. That, that's from the niece. <laughs> <laughs> He's so pragmatic. I'm almost afraid to ask him anything so Well, I mean, listen, he doesn't know. It might have been when you, when you were young. You just held on to it, Jacob. Yeah, we don't Jacob. Know. <laughs> Jeez. You guys have won one in a row. You still haven't really... Seeing the big three is like a unicorn. You should be in a decent mood about your sons. (laughs) It's uh, so busy right now. I'm not even going to be able to watch the sons for a couple of weeks. (laughs) All right. So where where would you like to start? You can go a multitude of areas, which is what we what's endeared yourself to us. Um, I kind of want to start in the Big Ten. A little bit of a curveball, but the standings have had such a shakeup. You know, Wisconsin gets upset, and Iowa's playing well. And I know you told me this two months ago. You're like, DB, 
when the first of March rolls around, Nebraska's going to have a shot at a three seed in the Big Ten. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Jacob, you're such a genius. <laughs> what are you making of the Big Ten right now? Uh, I, I don't think it's very good after outside of <laughs> Purdue at the top and then Illinois. J- Jacob D. Marine is here for his okay. segment. Hold on, Jacob. Before you go any further, I want to I throw something at you, all right? You got the Big Ten's top two, Purdue and Illinois. You got the Big 12's top two, call it Houston and Kansas. Uh-huh. You got the Big East top two, we'll call it UConn and Creighton. If he gives Creighton and not Marquette. Or you can take UConn, Marquette if you'd prefer. Which of those top two in those three leagues are you taking in March? To win the most games in the bracket. Yeah. At this point, it and Houston can make a, a run. I, I just with, with Kansas, the, the McCuller situation, not knowing. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back during the regular season. I don't know what that means. So is this not a normal knee bruise, or is this something that I, I'm not aware of? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. Every update I see is, well, uh, not expecting back. It's like, what happened? I, it, didn't, it didn't seem like it was something super serious at the time. But, yeah, so, like, they were a four-and-a-half-man team before mm-hmm. his injury, and now you take one of those guys out. And so it's hard to – I mean – So who's the half, Furphy? Yeah, I mean, okay, he's, he's had a half a really good season. Yeah, okay, I got so, you. Um, like, he, he's he's close to being – you can make him a full player now, so they're back to four after losing McCord. So it's it's hard to bet against Bill Self. I just don't know with the, the state of their roster at this point and, and the way the other guys have come on. Who, who but Houston, their, their defense, they uh, like they can win a lot of games. I don't know. I'll, I'll go – We'll just go with the Big East. Why not? I, I think. <laughs> see, the thing is, like, I think the top twos are pretty good there. It, but just looking at the the Big Ten, and you throw Crane in the top three, but then so you got three teams that you feel really good about, and then you're immediately into bubble territory. Okay. Same okay. Thing in, the, in the Big Ten, where you've got the two up top, and then basically everybody else is bubble or below. All right. And obviously, Nebraska is playing themselves off the bubble now, but like. Northwestern's not a team that you like. Oh, that's that, that's an awesome team right there. That's a high seed, uh, and then you got Nebraska right there. So th- that's kind of uh, there's a lot of like mediocrity, a lot of um, I guess opportunity if you want to look at it. And Nebraska's doing a good job of taking advantage of that in, in the Big Ten. Let me just go rapid fire with the question that Ravi just asked. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So yeah. just just yes, no, first blush. Can Purdue win a national championship? I'll say yes. I won't hold their history against Il- them. Illinois. No. Creighton. <laughs> uh, we'll go no. Yukon. Yes. Kansas. No. Houston. Yes. Okay, so that didn't that doesn't really shake things up. I just was curious. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm surprised you said no at Illinois. Is it an Underwood thing or their roster? Because that roster's really good. Yeah, just some of the like decision making down the stretch, um, the, the lack of a uh, point guard. Um, I, I just worry about them in close situ- in close games late. Um, I, we saw what they they tried to give a game away against Nebraska. Um, I think that's the last time I've sat down and watched like a full game of, of Illinois. Um, they successfully so, gave it away against Penn State. 
yeah, th- that that as well. So <laughs> that that's the worry there, just kind of that one hole on the roster because the, the team is pretty good. They got athleticism, versatility. Um, Shannon's per- was a All American caliber player until obviously his legal situation interrupted that somewhat. So, uh, and then has been All American caliber since. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, so I will it, say it's a good team for sure. Um, I, I just, I, I mean. Y- more than those like three or whatever I said could win a national title. It's just, I think that tier is kind of, you, you feel more comfortable with that group. Like wimpy, like I said, no for Creighton just cause I'm like, don't want to be the homer and say, Oh, for sure. But like if things fall right, a team like Creighton and others like them could, could make a run. Cause what we've seen this year is even at the top, all those teams are uh, susceptible uh, on the right night. I will say, Jacob, no one in in Champaign trusts Coleman Hawkins as far as they can throw him. Not a soul. He's a fascinating player. He really is. <laughs> it's it's so it's it's a bizarre because I mean, if you just look at the numbers, you're like, oh man, pretty good player. You watch him certain games, you're like, oh man, he's really good. And then you see him other times, like the end of the game at Penn State, and you're like, what? in the unholy hell is happening with this person. I, I just don't know, like, if I'm any more uncertain about the Big Ten with Michigan State and Wisconsin kind of sputtering late than, like, I am any other conference. I I felt like BYU's win- – I've kind of been on this BYU hype train, even though I do think Nebraska has a better resume if I'm just comparing. But, I, like, I think – I use a team like BYU, and I'm like, you know what, I think – they typify the Big 12. Like, if you blink or you, you, you're you a little lax, you'll get beat, right? That I don't know if I'm mad at Kansas for that game. Like you said, I mean, when they're healthy, that starting five is really, really good. The bench has always been a question, and right now they're just not healthy. Yeah, and, and again, we don't know when they're going to get healthy. And you're right, like the Big 12, uh, I, I know uh, – not, not a fan of the way they kind of juice the metrics and what that meant for the non-conference and the games that the Big Ten, Big Twelve uh, produced there. Like, mm. I'd like to see them challenge themselves a little bit more instead of gaming the system. But the teams are good, uh, despite that. Like, that doesn't mean that they they aren't good teams. It's just they didn't earn it to the same degree as some of the other conferences. That being said, like again, like you mentioned, Wisconsin and Michigan State. Like, that's part of the problem for the Big Ten. The the teams that were expected to be at the top are quickly uh, taking a nosedive. So the fact that kind of the middle has gotten stronger doesn't add to the overall conference strength because it's now those middle have become the other the, the rest of the top. Uh, again, we've got Nebraska. Like, Nebraska's a good team. It's, uh, it's yeah. really impressive what they've done and what mm-hmm. they've become. But, like, they're, are they, they're the fourth seed in the, the, the Big Ten right now. Like, I, I don't – and they're, they just cleared the bubble um w- with that last couple of wins so that's kind of where you're at with the conference like th- the fact that wisconsin has just fallen apart the fact that michigan state hasn't be- cl- uh, been close to uh expectations like you add those back up to the top of the league mm-hmm. and then nebraska is a really strong six seed uh, or wherever it was mm-hmm. and you've got northwestern had had tiberi stayed healthy you're feeling pretty good about that group with a player like boo booey now those are the, the the third and the fourth seed you're looking at, and suddenly the, the top doesn't feel as strong, and that hurts the overall conference. But um, 
again, Nebraska's done a great job of taking advantage of what's happened to some of those other teams. Jacob, you've never been afraid to hurt my feelings. Am I being a baby if (laughs) – I didn't get the question out. This is what I got to deal with with your buddy here. It's a funny premise. Somebody's got to keep you in check, (laughs) Eugene. You always say that. Like, since I've known you, you've kept me in check. Don't let anybody else do it. So (laughs) – JP, let me ask you this. I either I was telling this with my buddy Aaron yesterday or the day before. I said, I either want Nebraska to be a ten or a seven. But to be a seven, he and I were we, and we're just dinking around with numbers, right? I felt like they had to be in the finals of the Big Ten tournament, at least or the semis. Semis, I think. Okay, so it. Because I don't want you to just jump a spot to nine or a couple spots to eight. Am, am I, I do think Nebraska is underseeded as a 10. I don't love them as an eight or a nine. I just don't know if they can win enough to be a seven. Uh, do I need to toughen up or like what, what are we thinking here? So if they're not good enough to make it to a seven, does it really matter what their second round draw would be? Um... So that's not – so let's – the short answer is no. But if what if, I, what if I make it about matchups, though, about who you're going to see in the second round? Because I think that could matter. But right? that's something you can't really predict, right? Because the matchups are entirely how the bracket falls uh, as opposed to the seeding. I, I do know that I have a good feeling of who my ones are going to be, though, and I don't want to see them. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, okay, because that's really what I'm saying. Yeah. But, you just don't want to uh, play any of the ones. I, I don't want to play any of the ones. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you, you never want to <laughs> run into one, especially <laughs> early in the tournament. They're the best teams in the field. But that, That's why you, That's why your yeah. question to me needed a little – I had to explain it a little. I just yeah. – I don't – at the end of the day, I don't want to see a one, but I'm not a – I'm not necessarily afraid to be a seven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, ultimately, they're going to have to beat a, a good team – uh, once if they if they finally get that first tournament win, that's got to be the focus first. Get there, feel good about yourself, and go get that first win. And then you're playing with house money. At that point, you've accomplished more than any team has in program history. So, like, do you you, you end up running into one seed? Just take your best shot. It's already been a great season. Um, mm. But again, if, if for them to be able to, I think, win a second game, they have to show they have to make a run here to show that they're playing really well to get uh, another quality win under the belt because what down the stretch here they're just taking care of kind of the bottom half of the conference right so um i think it kind of plays hand in hand there like if if they make a run to the seven seed then you'll feel better about them potentially making uh going more than one and done or winning one game in the tournament because they'll have beaten another good team down the stretch and they'll be playing really well and thus Maybe they play themselves into out of that eight nine spot into the seventh seed or whatever it is. So I think it all goes hand in hand there. Obviously, you'd prefer not to run into the ones, but I don't think Nebraska is in a place where you really. I wouldn't be looking at that too much. I'd be focusing on kind of Nebraska and how they're playing, yeah. and then kind of let the chips fall where they may. I've never been one that focuses on the the bracketology and oh, uh, here in the fourth week of January. They're uh, whatever this seed, and this might be the matchup because there's just so much left to play. Um, and, th- like, nailing the matchups is so difficult anyway. 
I never really paid much attention to that. Just kind of focus on the, the teams that I'm following and what they're looking like. Gotcha. We're talking with Jacob Padilla of Herd at Sports. Uh, Jacob, you know, we talked a lot about the Big Ten. I want to ask about Villanova in the on the Big East side of things because I don't totally know what to make of them. They kind of remind me of the Big East's very own version of Michigan State. True or false? Uh, well, so they don't have a Hall of Fame coach um, that – certainly uh, i think would be a difference there because sure just like resume roster uh, though yeah because even with the uh michigan state struggles and we've seen some of this in recent years they still have a run in them uh for Mm -hmm. whatever reason uh is seems to find a way at times Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i i didn't love the the villanova roster as much as some Mm -hmm. then again like michigan state just because they brought everybody back uh, people expected them to be a top five team, and I was a little hesitant on, on that as well. I, I think uh, I thought they'd be better than they have been, but I, I wasn't all in on um, them making the leap just because they brought everybody back. But Villanova, I, I think, just with so many pieces, and you've got guys transferring from different levels, uh, all trying to fit in. Justin Moore, uh, again, coming off an Achilles injury, you you, mm-hmm. you just can't take for granted that a guy is ever going to be what he was before. Um, what a trap what a travesty for a guy like that man yeah and, and that's the thing like he's he hasn't been an all-american he's been he's been a good player but he hasn't been what he had a potential to be before the injury and then you're fitting in all these other pieces um and eric dixon's had a great season and is a really tough player but uh, yet some other guys have been up and down and again kyle neptune's still figuring this out as a head coach so um i i think I guess it, it is somewhat comparable, um, but I think there's, I think Villanova struggles are kind of more understandable and something you could have seen mm. coming to a certain degree that, than Michigan State to the degree that they've struggled. Um, but yeah, they, I think they're both comparable within their conferences for high expectations coming in and kind of falling short. Uh, JP, let's jump over to high school, man. You, you you had a great piece that you put up on Omaha North. Robbie and I were talking about that. Um, I think there's five. I'm doing this in my head. There's five Class A teams with 20-plus wins. I think 24, two with 21, and two with 20. Gretna and Westside have 20. Who has 21? North and Millard North, and Bellevue West has 24. Is that how you drew it up, too, just like you pegged Nebraska as a potential three or four in the Big Ten that – North would enter the state tournament in Lincoln with 21 wins. It's really impressive what they've done. And uh, talked to uh, Coach Lakey after the game and mentioned that the, uh, the the players felt disrespected going into the season and then hearing the talk about their schedule. Um, and to be fair, like they, they didn't take on the other top teams, but they did take care of business and they secured a couple big wins. And then the, the comeback that they pulled off uh, last night. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's some serious stones. That's resolve. Well, and the wild thing, so they're down 18 in the, the second half. They rallied all the way back without making a single three-pointer. That's crazy. They went crazy. four for four to start the game mm. and jumped out to a 14-6 to six lead and gave up a 36-10 to 10 run. Capio South hit seven threes in the second quarter, scored 24 points, um, took a 14-point lead at halftime push it back up to 18 in the third quarter. North missed their last 11 threes after that 4-for-4 four four start. Yeah. Yet still, 
they held Papio South to two points and no field goals in the fourth quarter. For seven turnovers, 0 of 8 shooting, just did a great job of really locking in on, on Bryson Ball and Reese Kircher and making other guys have to beat them. And guys weren't able to step up and, and make shots. Uh, and then down the stretch, just a couple, couple of really, uh, I mean, somewhat forced, but also somewhat unforced turnovers by, by uh, Papio South kind of allowed North to, to win it at the end. So just great resiliency from the Vikings. Uh, and that, I think, more than the 21 wins, the way that they won that game um, should have them feeling confident heading into the postseason. Okay, so kind of the lazy analysis. I heard this a ton last night and again this morning. They're lo- obviously, you're looking at halves of the bracket. And it, one half seems to be a little bit more of a gauntlet than the other. But if you watch basketball and you're, and you're, and you're looking at matchups, you know, Bellevue West – I won't say it was a little bit of a struggle against Central a couple weeks last week or week before. Um, is there anything on that half of the bracket that would lead you to believe that there could be some upsets? Because with Westside, Millard North, Southeast, and Gretna on the other half, that seems like much more of a crapshoot. Um, yeah, I, I, I still like the way that Bellevue West. Uh, still like what they're capable of. Uh, how do they not get bored? Right? No disrespect. Like, how do they yeah. not get bored? And that's why, like, I don't necessarily the fact that they honestly the fact that they were in some close games should serve them well, and they were able to win those close games and made mistakes, but also made plays to win. Um, I mean, they that, that Southeast game they uh, really struggled at the free throw line down the stretch and and let the Knights back into it but then made the plays at the end to, to kind of end the comeback. So situations like that where they've been in down the stretch here, where they where every game hasn't been a blowout, um, I think should serve them well if they get into that situation uh, in, in the, the uh, tournament here coming up. So uh, I, I still feel pretty confident uh, about uh, Bellevue West coming out of that half of the bracket. You're right, though. The, uh, with, with the way Westside's been playing, uh, if seedings hold there, get another crack at Miller North um, or obviously – Gretna's uh, going to be tough as well. So it's, uh, I, I think that'll be fun here once we get down to yeah, So I think and internally, I think full disclosure, they wanted the opportunity to, you know, Westside has four losses. Southeast, two to Bellevue West, Millard North. They, they, in theory, would get a chance to avenge them all, I think was is the motivation. Yeah. Careful what you ask for, <laughs> or you could see it happening. Uh, I, I definitely could see it happening again. That that that, that southeast loss was a uh, long a time head, ago. It's a head uh, scratch. It was ar- <laughs> it was it's arguably the worst game that they played. And honestly, the uh, southeast prep game that that was brutal basketball. Uh, both teams shot under thirty two percent from the field. Prep lost because they missed eleven free throws. Um, I I, I read your PSA. Half. That was pretty good. You want to read it yeah, for us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so Prep lost largely because of their free throw struggles. Papio South missed some really important free throws in the second half down the stretch when they could have come back and tied the game. Um, it's like, it's, uh, it's not the, the most glamorous skill, but you have to be able to do it in the clutch. And teams, uh, it's really cost teams so far. And I, I've seen that throughout the season, honestly, since some, some rough free throw shooting in important moments. Uh, so kids, practice your free throws. <laughs> Let me hop over. Kids, practice <laughs> your free throws. So about thirty seconds here, JP. Uh, you, Creature favorite in B. 
uh, yeah. Uh, even with, with the injury uh, to Ben Ehlers, I think that kind of opens it up a little bit, but they still got the size coming off their bench plus the rest of their starting lineup to kind of make up for that loss a little bit. I think that makes it a little bit more interesting, but Crete undefeated has to be the favorite going in. T- toughest to predict, still C1. I feel like I say this every year. <laughs> yeah, no, that it's it's honestly one of the most fun fields every single season. And basically most of the, the, the favorites that we've seen made it through uh, district. So we'll get to see them all battle it out down to Lincoln. All right, Jacob Padilla, heard out sports, keeping DB in line like he needs to be. <laughs> We will talk to you later, JP. Thanks, JP. Talk to you later, guys. More Hurt at Sports Radio. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.